Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Tickaloof and Dr. Zong. Welcome to Silver and Gold. Man, that song is a big part of my childhood. Uh, I'm the Loaf, and with me, Dr. Zah. <laughs> Giggity goo. Um, this week, we're doing our Spoiled Brats double feature. Um, we're going to cover 1981. Yeah, The Prodigal Son. Um, and there's a Sammo Hung movie. And we're going to do Tim Burton's Pee-wee's Big Adventure from 80, what is that, 84, 85? 85. So we'll get into that soon. Zom, how are you, sir? I'm doing okay. I'm in the winter wonderland again. Uh, oh, so how, is it snowing a lot today? Eh, not a lot. It snowed last night, and uh, it was just slick. And, you know, you just fucking can't do shit. I, I still ended up, of course, having to go out into the masses and fucking get drugs and it sucked. Uh, you know, it sucks when you go to the fucking store and they have the self-checkout and you still have to stand in line. And I, of course, <laughs> I walked over behind this woman and um, she must have been the slowest self-checker outer of all time. Uh. Because when I stood behind her, I noticed like three different times where other people checked their shit out and got the fuck out of there and if I would have got behind them I would have but it's just annoying you know and then you have to park really far away I'm I'm used to going at like 7:30 in the morning and I right. get the closest parking space I'm one of the of probably four people in the whole store I get my shit get the fuck out and I know this is um taboo to some people but I actually went to the fucking Walmart at like 11.30 one night. And then a little bit later, I think like 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay, the one time I went at like 3 in the morning and there was this, they had the self-checkouts closed. No. But for some reason, they had two women, two women workers standing there by the self-checkout, but all the things were turned off. So they had one register open, <laughs> and there was like five people in front of me with carts completely full of shit. So that pissed me off, but I stood there and waited. So, Which I never wait hardly ever at all anymore because I go through the fucking self-checkout. So then the other night, I went at like 11.30, self-checkout's closed. Uh, I walk around. I bought a whole bunch of shit. I bought like a fucking body, a firm pillow and a big long body pillow. Nice. I bought some groceries and I bought some stuff. And I get over there and the self checkout's closed. And I walk down, they have one fucking thing open, five fucking people in front of me with carts full of shit. And I got so pissed, I, I, had, I had some frozen shrimp. I walked back <laughs> over to the freezer thing. 
I put the frozen shrimp in the freezer and I left the fucking cart full of shit there. And I know some people get pissed off about that, but I'm sorry. I'm not going to fucking sit there and goddamn wait because they won't pay to have somebody stand up there and fucking have a goddamn checkout open. It must be, it must be, uh, uh, like the after Christmas, like a retail thing to just really understaff. Yeah. Because like it's been the same at, at the store. I feel like, I feel like we get overwhelmed when the store gets busy right now because there's just not enough people there. Well, and then the, like I said, I mean, when you have two women standing up at the front, doing fucking nothing just standing there and they see a whole bunch of people lined up get the fuck over there and get a goddamn <laughs> register open or you know if you don't you know, I, I just that was irritating as hell man that pissed me off do you have a target nearby uh there's a target but it's further away and it no. doesn't open until i mean i think it might open at like eight or something but it's probably 15 miles or something like that away, whereas oh. Walmart's only just, you know, maybe, I don't know, a few. Yeah, Walmart's a few miles from everything. And since it's, since it, the, the only reason I go there is because they're open 24 hours. And I can go on my weird schedule. I can just, you know, go anytime I want. But I had to go today because I had to pick up some, some drugs and some cabbage. And what else did I? I got drugs, cabbage, and broccoli. Oh, fart city. And dog food. So the car went really well and everything's fine. But I just, you know, it was winter. Winter's a time of shit. Yeah. Poop. It hasn't really, there's been no no bad weather here. There was one day recently where there was like, threat of ice and that was about it <laughs> the threat of ice we have it every yeah. goddamn day and then there's times <laughs> where i don't leave work until like 7 a.m and i'll go out at like three and it's you know it's just fine it might be a little bit wet or whatever but then the temperature just drops and it starts raining icy rain just in time for us to drive home <laughs> i drove home the other day and instead of going straight home i thought i need to go to fucking walmart so I get on the goddamn interstate, and as soon as I get past the last exit where you can get off if there's, like, something going on, as soon as I get past that, I look up, and I see up way up ahead cop lights. And I'm like, what the oh, fuck's going no. on? And everybody's getting in the left lane. So it went fairly quickly. We stopped several times, but it didn't ever, like, stop for a real long time. Get up there. Somebody had rear a car had rear-ended an SUV, smashed the whole back of it, just fucked it up. So they're sitting off the side of the road with cops. Then I go up the road, and there was like eight cars pulled off on the left and right side of the fucking interstate, and cops out there. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? They and as I went by, they all had flat tires. It, some of most of them had at least two flat tires because wow. they ran through that shit. Jesus. And so what? the cops are helping them put on. Th- and this one woman had a donut on and a flat fucking tire. And, you know, <laughs> that was the way it was. I looked. I was like, God, look at all these people with flat tires. So I luckily yeah. I didn't get a flat tire. But that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I had a really fucking boring week. It was just brutal. Man. Ugh. I like. It's like a lot of coming home and eating the same shit that I made the night before. Kind of, <laughs> everything's just, just the same. Oh my god, it's awful. I just need I need a change. 
Um, I got I I started messing around with the my old Mac. That's been kind of fun, I guess. And I've been reading a lot of Green Lantern comics uh. this week, so that's fun too. Um, but other than that, seriously, like I don't even I have hardly watched movies. I just sit there, like I play like some kind of TV show on the background, Frasier or whatever, and yeah. just kind of half ignore it. But anyway, what have you been watching this week? I just feel like my fucking attention span is just shitty. I'll start to watch something. And you know what it is? I'll start watching something, and I have my goddamn iPad in my lap. I think that's messing me up, too. I'm on Facebook, so I don't fucking pay attention to what the fuck I'm watching. It's like I'll put a hockey game on, and half the time I'm just I'll miss the goal, and I'll have to watch it on replay because I'm fucking fucking around on goddamn Facebook. Fucking God. Yeah, I, I, I need to, I feel like, I don't know, we talked about this recently with one of our question segments, but I don't know, I just feel like I need to, somehow break away from Facebook some because it's fucking just maybe I think feels like that's the problem I don't know why but it just feels like that's at least part of the problem go, you need to go out and have a real life <laughs> <laughs> well that's impossible fucking, I got zero life out of this goddamn door but um, I don't know something something's got to change something's got to give what have you been watching maybe this there'll week? be like a world war and we'll all have to fight and then we'll yeah. wish that we were bored just put us out of our misery yeah Okay, well, I watched a 2014 movie directed mm. by Stuart Beatty, and it's uh, called I, Frankenstein, or Frankenstein, uh, starring Aaron Eckhart and Bill <laughs> Nye. Is it Nye? How do you say that? N-I-G-H-Y. Nye, uh, Bill Nye. Bill Nye, the science guy. Um, so anyway, I watched this. I, this is along the lines of Van Helsing. I thought Van Helsing was had more humor in it and was funnier. This one is just kind of like another example of Aaron Eckhart's uh, agent being really shitty. Uh, <laughs> it was worth a watch. I mean, the, the, the fucking, uh, you had the demons versus the gargoyles, and the gargoyles were the good people, and then you had Frankenstein's monster in between and uh aaron eckhart just should have just shot himself in the fucking head should have shot himself like in the, the dick that uh that the previews for that like i i groaned having not seen it which is not entirely fair but the previews for it just were like Ew. yeah well it's on netflix so if you want to give it a shot maybe i'll put it on and halfway ignore it instead yeah, of Frasier this it might week. make it better i think i actually paid attention to that movie <laughs> Which is kind of oh. Then I, I watched a uh, 2013 movie directed by Rob Meltzer, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, and it is called Welcome to the Jungle. And this is fucking... <laughs> it's kind of what I expected it to be, because I saw a trailer and Van Damme's, you know, it's it's kind of a com. It is it definitely a comedy. But it's very R-rated, and it has like, okay. set, like tits in it and ass. And the poster kind of makes it look like a kid's movie. Very inappropriate humor, which was pretty nice. funny. So that's worth a watch. That's Jean-Claude. Um, and he plays a, a, a really good, um, I don't know. I don't want to give anything away, but it was good. I watched 1998's directed by John Dahl's, the round, or not The Rounders, but Rounders with Matt Pumpkinhead Damon and Edward the Wimp <laughs> Norton. And Gretchen, the small nipples mall, uh, and horse face Fomka Johnson, and Teddy KGB. 
this movie I have seen a f- quite a few times and I enjoyed it, but now I watch it and it is really fucking annoying because Matt Damon <laughs> narrates the whole thing and he'll be like, as Arizona Slim said, and when he walks in, he's like, I feel like Buckner walking back into Shay and Johnny Chen did this and uh, referee Bill Alfonso. You know, it's like, God damn, talk about a name dropping <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, I just threw that in there. So anyway, <laughs> but it's, good. you know, it's very annoying to watch. And Ed Norton is, uh, he's, something about him really annoys me. He's kind of has All like an annoying, wimpy, douchey uh, way about him. He's a panty waste. Even when he was Bruce Banner, he was a panty waste. I just came up <laughs> with that term. I didn't come up with it, but I remembered that term just a few minutes ago, so I was thinking, you know, about the term panty waste. I watched another 2014 movie directed by Christopher Spencer, and (laughs) this will, I don't know if it'll be on my list of first watches, but it's called Son of God, starring (laughs) Diogo Morgado, Amber Rose Reva, and Sebastian Knapp. Um... You know, it's the Jesus story, and I've seen the Jesus story quite a few times, so it's kind of like just watching the same thing over and over and over. You know every goddamn thing that's going to happen. You know everything he's going to say. You know, blah, 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 blah. This Jesus was awfully pretty. He was like fucking a male model Jesus. Um, I don't know. <laughs> if, as far as Jesus movies go, like I said, it's just kind of like, okay, how many more times are they going to remake this motherfucker? Christ. Whoa. <laughs> Literally. For eternity. Yeah. Okay. Next thing I watched was uh, Hong Kong Confidential. This is a cheapy uh, B movie from the 1950s, 1958, directed by Edward L. Kahn and starring Gene Barry. It's on Netflix Instant. It's um, kind of one of these ones. It had this one dude in it that was in Kung Fu. He played one of. Uh, Kwai Shang Kane's masters, not the blind guy, but the other guy. Um, it's like an anti-commie. You know, they used, in the 50s, they made these anti-communist movies about the Chinese right. and the Ruskies and stuff. But it's it was a fun watch. You know, it was kind of along the lines of a Mike Hammer kind of a thing. Um, wait a minute. Okay. I watched another one of those, but this one wasn't a commie movie. This was a 1960 uh, gangster cheapy uh, B movie directed by Edward L. Kahn, uh, uh, starring Ron Foster, Luana Patton, and Grant Richards. A lot of these people you'll never even hear of. Um, They're kind of like the the movies that uh, they wanted Barton Fink to write in the movie Barton Fink. Uh, Just cheapies. Uh, it's called the music box kid. Now this one was actually pretty good and it was pretty brutal too. Um, the guy, it's a gangster flick and the guy, um, kind of, they show him kind of moving up through the ranks and he's very sadistic and his wife doesn't know that he is at home. He's like normal and his wife doesn't know he's a gangster or anything. And then when he finds out, when she finds out that he is, that's when it really starts getting good because it's like he's she's like talking about leaving. He's like, you ain't going anywhere, bitch, <laughs> which was, at that time is kind of like, that's pretty good. 
Okay, Music Box Kids, what that one was called. That's Netflix Instant. I watched another Edward L. Kahn directed movie. I didn't realize that this guy directed all these. Um, <laughs> it's called Cage of Evil. And uh, this was in yeah. 1960, a cheapy black and white, also starring Ron Foster. Now, this one was really good, too, because it has to do with uh, uh, this cop. And he's kind of a – he hooks up with this gangster's woman. And then he starts getting into some shit, and it's kind of kind of reminded me of the killing uh, that Kubrick did. But it's uh, the guy's a cop, uh, but it was good. I liked it for cheap black and whitey. And there, those those are all only like about an hour and ten minutes long, so you're not investing a ton of time in them, but they're still. Right. Good. Uh, yeah, which, a lot of those are always like 70, 75 minutes long. Yeah, which is good. You know, shit. Some of the movies we watch, I'm like, what the fuck? Come on, asshole. Get the goddamn <laughs> to the point. Um, watched Cashback from 2006. Uh, this is an R-rated uh, movie directed and written by Sean Ellis, starring Sean Biggerstaff. Emily Fox and Michelle Ryan. Uh, this guy, he works in like Walmart and he has the ability to stop time and he will like be looking at these hot chicks that come in the store and then he'll kind of like concentrate and he can stop everything from moving stop time and he'll go and like pull their shirts down and you get to see some hot naked women in it uh it's a comedy <laughs> but it's got some serious stuff in it too uh some of the stuff that goes on about him being able to do that and actually liking girls. He's an artist, so when he's like actually pulling their shirts down and stuff and their dresses up, it's he like paint or he he sketches them. It's not like he's just a total. He's still a perv, but you know, because if you'd have to be to do that, I watched the McNic yeah, but they gotta they gotta make it a little cleaner, so yeah, it's not totally. Disgusting. But it was it was actually a pretty good movie. It's on Netflix Instant. I watched uh, The Mechanic, 1972, uh, Michael Winner yeah. uh, with Charlie Bronson and Jan Michael Vincent. Uh, and again, in case you haven't seen it on the group, I actually did some research on this and found that the writer, um, actually, uh, Louis John Carlino, wrote when he wrote the story, uh, Charles Bronson's character, Mr. Bishop, and Steve McKenna were supposed to be gay. And the golden Yay. goddess, Jan Michael, is uh, kind of seducing Charles Bronson into <laughs> letting him do all this stuff. And he's manipulating him and everything. And I'm telling you, when you watch this fucker, you will see. tell you some people. If you remember that and watch it, you will see that shit in there. They cut all of it out. They wanted George C. Scott to play the lead. And he said, I'm not playing it with all that gay stuff in there because he likes to just beat up women he didn't want to beat up j michael vincent i guess um so anyway <laughs> but it's still good uh la, 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 la. i watched 1969's mckenna's gold uh directed by j lee thompson uh written by heck allen uh this is gregory peck omar sharif uh, Telly Savalas. it's got edward g robinson in it lee j cobb it's got uh fucking julie newmar it's got a fucking shitload of people in it but it's a turd man it's a big budget <laughs> fucking western turd um it has some of the worst fucking special effects um like uh earthquakes and shit like that 
and they're riding horses and you can tell that and this is 1969 they're riding horses and you can tell they're in front of like a screen and it's like a fake horse you know and they're going back and forth it's really <laughs> shitty and it that's that's the main reason it was shitty it has a good story and then like a lot of those people like lee j cobb and um um Edward G. Robinson and people like that, they threw like a handful of these really famous people in this movie for no fucking reason at all. They couldn't, anybody could have played the part there and they were only in it for just a, you know, very short period of time. I do not recommend that one unless you just want to see a shitty, a big budget. What the hell is Edward G. Robinson doing in a Western anyway? He was a blind guy. It's a, it's they're looking for this, uh, this uh, gold, it kind of is like a, a gear a wrath of God where the, the uh, native Americans had told this story about this gold and uh, all these people were trying to get it. Um, Girl with dragon gotcha. tattoo, 2011, David Fincher, Daniel Craig, Rooney Mara, who is uh, fucking gross, Christopher Plummer. It's, it's still good. I just wanted to watch <laughs> it again for, I don't know why. Uh, I station, I station zebra. From 1968, uh, this is a John Sturgis uh, directed, uh, Alistair McLean written. Uh, it's Rock Hudson, Ernest Borgnine, Patrick McGowan, and uh, Jim Brown. Great fucking movie. I love it. I bought it, and now I can watch it anytime I want. Uh, another Yay. 2014 movie uh, directed and written by Stephen Belber, and this was based on a play. Um or an adaptation of play, screen adaptation. Patrick Stewart, Carla Gugino, and Matthew Lillard. Uh, this is very good, and it made me tear up. Oh, nice. Let's see. Uh, Bob Le Flambeur, or Bob the Gambler, uh, from 1956. Jean-Pierre Melville wrote and directed this. Um, and uh, it stars Roger Duchamp, or du, Duchamp. Isabelle Cori and Daniel <laughs> Conchin. Uh, it's very good. I love it. Black and white uh, noir movie. Love it. Uh, confidential. Have you seen rep- that one before? Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, had you had you seen that? Okay. Yeah, it's a good one. Have you seen it? No. Oh, you ought to see it. It's fucking awesome. It's a it's a fucking uh, it's a must see. You must see it. Uh, I bought it, by the way. I own it. Um, let's see. A digital copy of it. Uh, Confidential Report, a.k.a. Mr. Arkadin, 1955. Written and directed by Orson Welles and starring Orson Welles, Michael Redgrave, Peter Van Eck, who is fucking very wooden and funny. Uh, this is a... Uh, I've talked about it before. It's a good movie. Black and white. <laughs> uh, let's see. I watched The Drop uh, from 2014 with James Gandolfini. I want to see this. Oh, it's very fucking good. You'll, I, I really liked it. Okay. Um, I thought you had seen it. Uh, it's directed by no. Michael R. Roskam. Um, I hadn't heard anything about it. I think I had seen a couple of clips, maybe from like late night shows or something. Uh, I really liked it. Um, and there is the dude in it that if when you watch it, you will fucking hate his guts so much that you will want to <laughs> punch the TV. Um, 2014's Falcon Rising uh, with Michael Jai White and Neil McDonough. And uh, this is directed by Ernie Bar- Bar- Barash. 
Uh, it's Michael Jai White. It's a Michael Jai White movie, and he just fucking beats the fucking yeah. shit out of people. It's uh, they could make an hour and a half movie of with hardly any dialogue of him just beating the fuck out of people with this with this <laughs> look on his face like <coughs> you're like he just knows that you're just fucking a douche and he can just beat you anytime and the the just the power that they get when they you, the perceived power when he's beating the fuck out of people is really fun he just kicks fucking kicks the shit out of people <laughs> birdman of alcatraz 1962 john frankenheimer uh spurt lancaster and carl malden i watched that this morning lancaster lancaster and jack ryan one. shadow recruit from 2014 Directed by Kenneth Branagh, which I did not know. And it stars Chris Pine, Kevin Costner, Kira Knightley, and Kenneth Branagh. And um, you could do worse. I mean, it's not like horrible. But, uh, you know, as far as Jack Ryan movies go, um, it's down there with the Ben Affleck one. So, anyway. But that's all I watched. I, mean, I watched a lot, but I tried to motor through the last one. Yeah. So, there how you was go. The, uh, how was the hockey week? Hockey was okay. Um, you know, the week was kind of short because they had the the uh, All Star game uh, and all that activity mm. coming up. Um, the Flyers beat the Pens, and um, Zach Ronaldo got suspended because he hit one of the Pens, uh, Chris Letang, I think, and uh, put him out of the game. And so he got suspended for like uh, I can't remember if they ever came out how long he got suspended for. Dan Carcillo, who... God, it was like five or six games, yeah, I think. The cross-check, right? Dan Carcillo got... Yeah. Uh, uh, he got six games for cross-checking a guy. They oh, said, that's the one I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, if you cross-check him, they say, like, if you really want to hurt a guy, you cross-check him between the shoulder and the elbow because there's not, like... You have an elbow pad and a shoulder pad. There's really not that much in between. And he cross-checked a guy, mm. and he got... But both of those guys have gotten suspended so many times that like if somebody else would have done what either one of them did they would probably just get kicked out of the game but they wouldn't have got suspended but because these guys are repeat offenders they got shit canned like that um just i don't know that's cocky like I said, it's kind <laughs> of a light week because uh, they they kind of cut it short i watched yeah. some uh college stuff and then there was a whl game on real late at night it was like um this um, it was like god i can't remember what they called him the america east uh, america versus like vancouver something and i mean it's like it's the minor league but it was on tv and i watched it it was fun to watch like hockey <laughs> um yeah i didn't watch a ton like i said i just would kind of uh, uh, ignore the television, but um, I watched a um, a Eurocrime film mm -hmm. that I hadn't seen before. Um, it had it had uh, Klaus Kinski in it, which is why I watched it. Um, called La Mano Spietata de la Lege, mm -hmm. or I don't remember the actual name of this one. Uh, Bloody Hands of the Law, or something like that. <laughs> um, it wasn't very good. It was hard to pay attention, like hard to keep up with. Like just, it didn't really hold my interest. Um, Kinski was pretty good. Uh, he was very like well dressed the entire movie and didn't say a whole lot. And um, there was a pretty awesome scene where this uh, one of his lackeys 
was doing something not to his approval, so he put on a pair of sunglasses and turned on a blowtorch and roasted the guy's dick. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I mean, that movie wasn't, yeah, it wasn't that good. So, um, I watched uh, The Harder They Fall. This is a black and white. Um, this is a, a Humphrey Bogart movie I had not seen. He plays a sports writer hired to promote this Argentinian boxer who is an awful boxer, but he's giant. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's his job to like make him seem unstoppable, all the while his uh, his agents or whoever were, are fixing every fight. Yeah. So it's just kind of like a showing how shysty the boxing world is and stuff. And Bogey's pretty good. I think this is his last role ever, so he's looking kind of old. But so There was an actual guy, um, Primo Carnera, that was like that. And um, he was just real big like that, and he couldn't fight worth a shit. And they, mm-hmm. they, he became world heavyweight champion, and they just set him up with all these tomatoes, tomato cans or whatever they want to call them, when they, guys that – that he could yeah. beat, and uh, he was horrible. And then when he got beat, he he really took a pounding. And then he got into wrestling. So maybe this that's must, where they maybe this in. is what this movie's based on. Sort it of. sounds just uh, like it. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, Max Bear plays like the world heavyweight champ, and he's Max real Bear is the one that beat uh, Primo Carnera, I think. And he just he really fucking pummeled the shit out of him, even though he was way smaller. So it might be that. That's what happened. Yeah, that's kind of because he's taking pride in the fact that he hurts people and stuff. And yeah, it's a it's a good little movie. Yeah. I think it was. I can't remember if it was on instant or not. I forgot where I saw it. But um, let's see. I wa I bought uh, one from Draft House Films over Christmas. Uh, they had a they had a sale every day of their digital movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the movies were like six, seven bucks or something like that. And I missed every goddamn day except the last one. <laughs> um, but I watched, uh, I did I did get this one on the last day, the uh, new, uh, it's a docudrama, I guess. It's Nick Cave, uh, 20,000 Days on Earth. Yeah, that's on iTunes and right now. It's, it's, it's really good. It's, um, it's not, I mean, I kind of, hesitate to recommend it for somebody maybe that's either not a fan of music documentaries or not a Nick Cave fan maybe um he's a very interesting guy so it goes into a lot of it's like a self-retrospective kind of thing because you know I don't know how many years 20,000 days is but uh, essentially it's like it's it's a it's a biographical thing but it shows I'm having conversations with people that aren't technically there at the time. Like Ray Winstone is riding in the car with him at one point and they're just kind of talking about working together and stuff. And, um, but it's, it's, it's a different kind of movie. It's very well put together. I liked it a quite a bit. I don't know if everybody would though. Um, and uh, it, I, I have to say that the Nick cave might, it's one of my favorite. I saw him a couple years ago and that is one of my favorite live performances I've ever been to. He's he's very good live, so if you ever have a chance and you're even just a casual fan, you will enjoy it. Because I, um, I thought it was going to be kind of a slow thing because I knew he is getting a little older and stuff. So I thought it was going to be you know him on piano or something, kind of a, a sit-down kind of show. He is wild, man. It was really good. And, and you know he's very um, in tune with the audience and stuff like that. And that's what they kind of talk about in this, too, is that persona that he 
embodies when he writes music and when he's on stage versus what he's like in real life. And they talk about his dad a lot and stuff. So it's good. Um, I watched a real turd called Mission Killfast. Um, <laughs> this one, <laughs> this one lo- ha- had some promise because it looked so cheap. I was hoping it was going to be like a samurai cop type thing. Um, the acting was like samurai cop acting sometimes, but what it was lacking was was enough action. Um, it's it's a it's like a, 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 a I guess a crime group steals some sort of nuclear not a nuclear bomb but like a, a something that would detonate one or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the government, as not to seem overly involved, like sends this one guy like undercover. And this other woman gets involved, so it ends up being almost like a really just shitty written espionage movie as opposed to uh, an action movie, which it should have stuck with, but eh, not very good. Skip it. Um, One that was on sale on iTunes that I had not seen in nearly 20 years, uh, Leon the Professional. Ah. I bought it on iTunes, and... And watched it, and it's still really good. I I liked it a lot when I first saw it back in high school and uh, maybe early college, and um, I still really like it a lot. The uh, Gary Oldman, I forgot how amazing he is in it, and he, how young he looks. <laughs> so fucking um, over the top. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I he's so good. I love the little thing he does, the, like the neck twist with biting the pill. And <laughs> I wish I had yeah, some of those pills. He's he's amazing in it. Wonder what those were supposed yeah, to be. They look like they taste good. I don't know, some kind of narcotic, I guess, because he co- he was like instantly like out of it, and I don't know. I don't honestly, I don't know what it would have been. Do you like Beethoven? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and didn't he play Beethoven in a movie like right after that? Oh, I don't know. Did he play Beethoven? Immortal Beloved? I don't remember who he played in it. Yeah, let me see. Immortal Beloved is about. Come on, IMDb. You son of a bitch. Yes, Beethoven. And that came out the same year. So um, I don't really remember much about that movie. I, I remember so. I watched The Mortal Beloved the, 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 the day I came back from a beach trip and I'd gotten some weird like mouth infection from something so I couldn't eat. Mouth <laughs> That's all I remember about The Mortal Beloved. Um, then I didn't watch movies for a few days, but today, since I've been reading so many Green Lantern comics, I, so I, I was on the, uh, the whole kick where I was reading Superman comics right after, uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths, um, storyline. Mm-hmm. So I started reading some Green Lantern around then too, because like I was saying a few weeks ago when they were, somebody asked us a question about comic book characters and. Um, or comic, I forgot what the question was exactly, but what I was saying is Green Lantern, it's always been, since I got into DC, kind of been my thing because I like how it's like that their, their story there is kind of like the center of the whole universe, literally and figuratively. Um, so I kind of started, I hopped back cause I've never read any r- much of eighties Green Lantern. I've read some silver age stuff and I read the Kyle Rayner stuff in the nineties, but um, I never really read the 80s stuff, so I started before Crisis, like when Hal Jordan quits and Jon Stewart kind of becomes the full-time Green Lantern and all that stuff. But um, anyway, I watched the I went back and watched the 2011 movie today. Um, 
it's not awful. Not, and this is coming from a Green Lantern apologist. Yeah. It's not great. It's it's kind of just average. I want it to be a lot more, and it's hard to say. It's like for me to put my finger on exactly what it is. I think they were just. I think they were trying to do too much in one movie. They always do um, that in superhero because, movies. Yeah, but they like they 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 fit. They got to fit Hal Jordan's like backstory, his origin story, Hector Hammond, Parallax. And tease Sinestro all in the same movie mm-hmm. when they should have left, honestly, they should have left Parallax to be a much bigger thing later on yeah. and maybe make Hector Hammond be the first guy. Because Hector Hammond, I talked about this on the comics group this week, Hector Hammond is one of the biggest fucking creeps ever in comics. He's really gross very and uh, <laughs> with his giant head. <laughs> yeah. And um, they... Uh, if they just let, or I don't know, or they could have, they could have d- go, gone ahead. Maybe, maybe you know, first movie could have been Earth stuff, and then move to the core, Sinestro core in the second movie, and then Parallax in the third, or switch those around, or something. I don't know. They, eh, I, I, I hope they can do something different with it. I wish they would make. I wish they would have just c- continued on with this just to see where it went. But I guess they're kind of gonna start over again um ryan reynolds is i mean he played hal jordan well enough that kind of that kind of like cocky um i think he might have been not quite cocky enough for what hal jordan usually is and uh, peter sarsgaard was pretty good as as hector hammond and i like mark strong a lot as sinestra i think he might have been my favorite part and i wish they had they had a chance to work that story a lot more so anyway um, oh, and I watched one more. I watched a, uh, uh, a the, one of the DC animated things, the Green Lantern Emerald Knights, also from 2011. Um, this one's pretty cool. This is a um, kind of a Hal Jordan story. Uh, the The main story they're focusing on is some kind of of uh, I don't remember the name of the being, but he'd been this person had been or this being had been trapped inside or the anti universe anti matter universe for. And basically, he's using the sun or the star closest to Oa as his gate out. So while all the Green Lanterns are all like gathering to take care of it, Hal is kind of telling stories about legendary Green Lantern Corps members to this new person. So it's kind of like a bunch of little short stories stuck into one with one kind of short overall story around the whole thing. Um, pretty neat. Good little background thing. And uh, my favorite one was probably the um, story about the uh, the planet Green Lantern. <laughs> it's an entire living planet. So, and it had some uh, pretty good uh, uh, voice actors. Nathan Fillion plays Hal Jordan. Um, Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men's in there. Henry Rollins does a voice. So <laughs> some good voice acting and stuff. It was pretty cool. A lot of times the animated. Oh, and Roddy Piper is then. In, Roddy Piper plays a villain in it briefly. It was pretty good. He is a villain. Um, and that's, what's that? He is a villain. Yes, yes. He's rowdy. All right, uh, that's all I watched. So why don't we take a break and come back, and we'll just go in chronological order this week. We'll talk about Bai Gajai, or The Prodigal Son from 1981. We'll be right back. Bye. 
no one would have believed in the first years of the 21st century that Hammer films were being watched from an entertainment standpoint. No one could have dreamed that amicus films were being scrutinized as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Few men even considered the possibility that this area of film still had anything to offer. And yet, across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to our own regarded this podcast with envious eyes. And slowly and surely, they drew their plans against it. The Hamacus Podcast. Hammer and Amicus, and every tenuous link in between. Hamacus.com and iTunes. Cheers. Gronky's pick. It's kind of a cool, a, a cool pick, um, but it made me laugh because it's such an American song for such a not American yeah. movie. But um, all right, Prodigal Son or By Gajai. Um, as I said earlier, this is directed by Sammo Hung, who is uh, who is one of the legendary comedic kung fu actors, a la Jackie Chan, to come out of. Uh, out of Hong Kong, he's a still doing his thing, um, and uh, I've never shied away from saying that uh, I do. Pr- I prefer his work to Jackie Chan in general. So, Ja. Um. All Me right. <clears throat> a rich. Ma- I'm <clears throat> sorry, I'm not even doing the the uh, plot summary voice. <clears throat> a- a rich man's son believes himself to be the best kung fu fighter in Canton. Canton? Canton? Unfortunately, his father, anxious for his son's safety, bribes all of his opponents to lose. After a humiliating defeat at the hands of an actor in a traveling theater company, the son resolves to find a better teacher. Furious kung fu battles and slapstick comedy. <laughs> Not a sentence. <laughs> all right. Dom, what did you think? Says it all. Yeah, what did you think of Prodigal Son? Well, I never looked to see like when it was made or anything like that, and mm-hmm. then I thought uh, when I first started watching it, I thought it was like an old movie because it really has that old kung fu movie uh, feel and everything. Mm-hmm. But then there was a couple times, <laughs> at least one time in the movie where. You know, in the subtitles, the guy said something like, I don't give a fuck. And I was like, wait, whoa, wait a minute. That seems kind of, you know, is that translated word for word? <laughs> Man, maybe not. Well, so anyway, um, you have um, this young fella, see, and he's from this rich family. He's a spoiled son. He's a fortunate son. 
Yes, he is. So he is known as as the street brawler, uh, <laughs> or at least that's what he has his little minions that go around with him, and they perpetuate uh, the name. And oh, this is the it's the street brawler. He can beat anybody, and then anybody they 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 pay. His dad basically said, "Hey, you know, you go with my son, and you." Um, Make sure nothing happens to him. Make sure he doesn't get hurt. Set him. Set up these um, like f- fake fights where the guy will take a dive. And if he runs across somebody that's an actual tough fighter that's not in on it, then you pay the guy off to take a dive for my son. So he's kind of an asshole, and he goes around. He's always trying to be, you know, uh, not a bully, but he's always, you know, real arrogant. And he's real rich, so when he goes in like a restaurant, he'll buy like everybody in the restaurant's food and all this and that and everything. But um, as soon as he hears that, you know, oh, there's this guy over there that's supposed to be tough, he'll he'll go over and try and start a karate fight with him or uh, kung fu. So he kind of gets a uh, rude awakening when they <laughs> go see this uh, kabuki theater. Uh, and at first I thought, wait a minute, because they kept saying, Oh, look at that hot chick up there, you know? (laughs) And even with all the Kabuki makeup on, I, I kept thinking that looks like a, is that a dude? Cause I, cause the voice was so awful. (laughs) It was awful, but you know, it's like a dude. So anyway, but I mean, I, I assume that that's probably at that time, maybe how they, they did like a lot of theater and stuff over there and um he gets in this uh predicament where the guy basically tells him says you know he tries to provoke a a a fight and then the guy doesn't want to fight him and keep and just kind of tells him says almost straight out you know like i'll beat your fucking ass i i no kung fu and you're nowhere near good enough to to uh beat me and i'll beat you and he couldn't believe it because he had beaten so oh i've beaten 26 people straight and have never lost and so he finds out that uh you know that it's it was all a setup and he's kind of demoralized because this guy basically just toys with him and beats his ass and everything um so he wants this guy to become his uh his teacher, his master or whatever, and teach him uh, Kung Fu. And the guy doesn't want to do it because he's like, you know, I learned all this. And he goes and and he said something like, uh, you know, I'm not going to teach you so you can go out and just be an asshole and pick fights with people and stroke (laughs) your ego. And it's funny. It's very, it is very slapsticky. Yeah. Um, Because even when he's telling him that, he's like, you know, basically like, you suck, you know, and and, uh, you'll never be any good because you'll you'll always suck. And kind of like um, in Kill Bill with uh, what was the guy's the the master in Kill Bill? Oh, Pi Pi May. Pi May, yeah. It was kind of like that where Pi May would smack. Uma Thurman on the head and call her a dumb cunt and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way this guy treats this young 
young whippersnapper. Right. And uh, so he just kind of hangs on, hangs around everything anyway, and is, tries to, to get him to let him be his apprentice. Now, at the same time, there's this um, there's this dude who is part of like, I don't know if it was like the, sh- he's part of the royal court in some way of the Shogun or whatever. And um, he's got a couple of henchmen with him and he goes around. Well, he's a really good Kung Fu fighter too. And anybody that he finds out, he's kind of like the way the one guy wants to be. Yeah, I thought that was a kind of a cool parallel because yeah. that his name is, um, what was his name in the movie? Lan- no, um, uh, in, I don't know how to pronounce it, N-G-A-I. And yeah. um, he's, he's, his big head got on my nerves. He, he had the Hector Hammond head. Yeah, but- he did. That's, he, that's <laughs> funny. It kind of reminded me of that. He had sort of a, a Sinestro mustache on a Hector Hammond head <laughs> because he kind of had a big head, and he wasn't very big at all. He's like a little body. And um, his that head- was kind of a cool parallel that they had there because he actually knew his shit, but his henchmen were, were pretty much told the same thing, like, you know, keep an eye on them if the shit goes down. And not less. It's it's not pay them off to make them leave him alone. It's you know kill motherfuckers that embarrass him. Yeah, anybody that embarrasses him. Well, they they had stuff in this that was I was gonna say Three Stooges esque, but I think it was even pre Three Stooges esque shit. Like they'd have these guys that had these th- these there were these two guys that <laughs> were that were uh, fighting, and they had like these huge fucking like moles on their face and the one guy had a patch of like fucking hair on his <laughs> yeah there's a lot of line. like um the bad chinese ugly makeup yeah like ugly being in quotation they do that a lot like the um the one dude goes hey red nose get over here and the guy that said hey red nose get over here he had a fucking real red nose too <laughs> and he had these his cheeks were full of something i guess to make it look like he had a weird mouth or whatever but there's yeah there's some there's some bad freckles and like because i thought this the one, freckles i was like what the fuck are they supposed to be freckles or they like blackheads you yeah know, then what? there's uh there's the 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 plastic looking bruise that uh that um, Chang has at one point. Chang Chang is the main guy. Yeah. Lung, Lung Chang, he's the street brawler, and uh, he gets this really bad looking makeup bruise. And then the big, like you were saying, the big like cocoa puff moles on their face. Then that one guy, he got he got pummeled. This is way later on, but he got pummeled and he got the swollen like his eye was swollen up. Oh, that looked terrible. Giant, big, like a uh, fucking look like a a big giant boil full of like pus. From where the guy pounded him in the eye, but he, um, the the one dude, uh, we'll say Nai Fei. He he was the the uh, Sinestro kind of Hector Hammond looking little dude. Yeah. But he he was he was a real, he was really good though, and he, um, if he knows or hears that somebody's like a badass, he'll go to the town to find them or wherever they're at and challenge him to a fight so he can prove himself. And so he wants to fight uh Lung Yi Tai. Yeah, Tai Tai or brother brother Tai, I think yeah. they just ended up calling him um brother Tai is played by uh, uh Lam, yeah, Lam, Lam Ching Ying who um Lam Ching Ying, I think, did more 
uh, action directing. I, I, he, I, if I'm not mistaken, he might have even been the second unit director on this, like the fight choreographer yeah. and stuff. Very talented guy. Um, Very and, challenged in the eyebrow department. Well, he, he, I read he shaved them off to be more feminine. Like he, oh, he, he does horrible. have, he does have eyebrows in real. He did, or he did. Ugh. He actually died. Um, he had lung can or liver cancer or something like that. He died pretty young. Um, Shave your eyebrow. That's like in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. What's her name? Um, not Numi or Pace, the fucking bitch that Emily hates that was in the Daniel Craig one. Uh, <laughs> Rooney Mara. She, I thought she had her eyebrows shaved. She just had them dyed blonde, but from Ugh. far away, they they didn't look like they were there. And it looks bad. Boom. Oh, yeah. Here here you go. Uh, he, won, um, he won the Hong Kong Film Award for Best Action Direction for this movie. Yeah. And it says, uh, widely acknowledged as uh, among the best Wing Chun Kung Fu caught on film. Yeah. Well, it had some really cool stuff. They had, uh, th- there was one scene in particular where um, uh, Chang Lung, the street brawler guy, he's still the student. And there was some brutal stuff in this too, which I did not expect. Because when... Um, that Fei Nye or Nye Fei or whatever, he gets in a fight with uh, Master or with uh, Brother Tai, mm-hmm. who is the Kabuki guy, who is the teacher of Chang. Right. He they get in a fight. He forces him basically into a fight because he doesn't want to fight at all. He's like, "Hey, I'm not going to fight. I don't give a shit. You know, it's not what it's all about." And um, they get in a fight anyway. And at this one part, it's very lighthearted throughout the whole fucking movie, and it's very silly, it's very slapsticky. But then there's this part with these ninjas, and I was like, fuck. Because at <laughs> first I thought it was going to be another slapsticky thing, because the ninjas all come in, and they, they're real quiet, and they have the knives to these people's throats while they're sleeping. And it's like, ugh. But then the one guy actually kind of sits up and says something and, and but he was just um, dreaming mm-hmm. and he laid back down and then after that it's like what they did I was like fuck so that got really brutal and um, Chang to protect brother Ty gets this flag he dresses up like a ninja uh, that was an amazingly shot scene yeah, that was very well done this huge flag and it's on fire and he's swinging it back and forth which gave this really cool visual effect but then uh, Brother Ty, when he would wheel it around, Brother Ty would like do like fucking acrobatics and do like flips over it or under it and shit like that. That was really memorable visual yeah. thing that they did there was really cool. Um, you get introduced to uh, Bo Wong Wa, who was he taught Brother Ty's brother? Um, they. They like they called him brother, then they called him god brother. I think it was just that they were both at a young age trained by the same yeah. master, so they grew up together. So they're kind of like adopted brothers in a way. Well, he was he <laughs> he was pretty <laughs> fucking funny, and this is that's, Sa- that's this is Sam. yeah that's Sam Hung, who is always hysterical. Yeah. And he um, he has a daughter that's kind of a chubby uh, <laughs> chick, and they live on a farm. So they go there to hide out, and um, so. Chang starts talking to uh, Samo, 
and he's like, you know, well, you know, I really kind of want to f- learn to fight, and he won't teach me and everything. So Samo is kind of like fucking with him, sort of. <laughs> and uh, because the one funny thing was when uh, uh, they were all they were like really hungry, and uh, Chang has this chicken, and he's like <laughs> says starts saying something about, man, look at this big cock, and the girl is like over on the other side of a bush. And she can't see him. She can just hear him. And he says, well, this big cock. He goes, I can't wait to to uh, eat this big fat cock or, or uh, <laughs> well, I mean, big I, fat I, I think chick or something like that. I can't remember what he said. But uh, the way says, she was uh, hearing it, she was thinking that he was talking about, you know, he goes, well, she got some big fat tits or big fat oh, breasts. I, <laughs> I, like a, I like a fat chick like you. Yeah, uh, a fat let's, chick. Let's look at your behind. He's talking about the chicken. <laughs> She's thinking he's talking about her, her, and at first she's kind of offended, but then she's like, she's like squeezing her tits and shit like that, which is pretty <laughs> funny. So anyway, he gets Samo, and he's like, you know, while his uh, while uh, brother Ty is recuperating, and he's going to try and get him to train him, and Samo's like, okay, I'll train you, and he has all these fucking goofy ass, <laughs> fucking stupid, uh, uh, like kata and moves. And he has him doing all this dumb shit. And then the next thing you know, I was watching it and I was like, okay, this is silly. He's just, he, I didn't think that Samo probably knew anything. I thought he was just a blowhard because <laughs> they showed him trying to do this calligraphy. And that was fucking funny because <laughs> that was so awesome. He does uh, all these goddamn fucking, uh, like it would be like me pretending like I knew Kung Fu and I'm, and, you know, whirling your arms around and shit. And then when you get in a certain position, you're like, Oh, like I meant to do that, you know? Yeah. And um, so he was doing that calligraphy shit with his fat daughter. Then he's teaching Chang this this one kata, and it ends up it, it's like when I'm watching, I'm like, wait a minute, is he like taking it? Like, it looks like he's taking a shit. Well, that's what it was. He had him. He, I think he was just fucking with him. Do you think he was just fucking with him, or that was actually like he incorporated stuff like taking a shit? I think I, I think it was just a joke for our sake yeah. because they kind of in a way. Uh, break the fourth wall, not by looking at the camera, but uh, so they they do the thing where they squat and they have you they make the face like they're taking a shit and, and the chain like the yeah and he pulls the chain and it makes a flush noise and he's like why didn't mine have the sound effect yeah. he's like you're not you're not you're not uh, experienced enough yet that was fun but fun. he had two different names for it he said it's either the the that that stance is either called angel releasing a flower or planting the logs and it depends on the situation of what you call it yeah that was funny when they did that you heard the flush sound and they actually acknowledged it yeah that was pretty cool so anyway he um starts teaching his fat daughter too, which was funny because he'd get down in this like sumo stance, and when he finished up, and he'd be like, "Now you do it." When she'd do it, she's she's just this fat chick with her legs spread apart, and he said, "Oh, quit, you know, putting your legs spread apart like that. You don't look like a lady and everything." And um, then there was one scene where Chang was talking to the chick, and she said she was he had one bad arm where he got hurt by the ninjas, and um. Or did he get hurt by fighting? Somebody, uh, he got, he broke his arm at some point. Well, he was I don't fighting those two, the two henchmen too. Yeah, but anyway, I, I don't can't... remember exactly when that happened. So when he would, when he was, uh, she was showing him what her dad had showed her. He could only use one arm, and she goes, and she was going to demonstrate, and she goes, "Okay, now hit me." 
And he just fucking hauled off and punched her in the face. <laughs> and she goes, oh, you fucking, you fucking bloody my nose. Why'd you hit me? Because you said to hit me, you know, stuff like that. And um, he, it, it, it leads to an, an inevitable showdown because um, uh, Faye Nye, uh sends he sent the ninjas. See, I got kind of well. Okay, up there. he he, uh, just like uh, Chang, um, Nye did not know his father was doing that either. Okay, so the father. So he his- he was actually not as shitty as he would like let on because he actually was interested in being a fighter. I mean, he was kind of an asshole in that he wanted to fight everybody, but he didn't know about all the stuff that was going on. Right. So, because at, at first I I kept wondering. I, I lost track, and I thought that yeah. he sent the ninjas, but it was his dad doing the same thing. Right, right. He could actually fight, but he was still being protected by his rich daddy. Right. And the other guy could the other guy could do some moves, but he just wasn't very good. He wasn't experienced. He wasn't that good. Right, right. Um, so you lead, it leads to an inevitable um, showdown between a, a rematch between Phi and Brother Ty. And then you get also a... Uh, the, the climax to the movie. That Chang will, and Phi yeah. uh, throwing down and, to see who the best of the fortunate sons were. <laughs> John Fogarty was like, come on, motherfucker. So anyway, <laughs> um, there was some good... If, if you like like old school kung fu theater kung fu movies um it has that feel like i said at first i thought it was i didn't know that it was a newer movie i didn't look at the cast i didn't know that was sammo until later on right um and, but he was funny and you know just the shit that he does and but the thing is it's like that but it has a lot of more modern humor Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, the one guy saying something about what the fuck are you doing, or you know, and it's like well, they said fuck in a kung fu movie, and some of the stuff that they do is like more modern humor. But it, it, there was a point at the beginning before I realized what was going on, and I thought it was an old movie. The slapstick stuff was start. I was like, okay, what the, you know, this is really <laughs> corny, you know, and then. I'll t- the part where it really turned me around was the f- the fucking ninja part because it was this kind of cornball slapstick movie, and then all of a sudden this stuff happens, and I was like, Jesus Christ, man, this is some brutal shit. Yeah. So anyway, but I mean, you have anything else? Yeah, you know, there's there's gotta... um so uh, Lung Lung Chang is um he's played by Yuan Biao who in the, in the Hong Kong realm is actually pretty legendary uh, he um i mean he was kind of like in this big three of uh with samo and jackie chan actually in, in um and had a i mean he's still still around he's been in tons of movies now which one was this this is the main the main character Chang? the main the, the prodigal son yeah. Okay, yeah he um if you've seen any of his other movies he is a very graceful uh action person um, he, uh, he just, he's, his, his agility is, is something to behold. I mean, he plays kind of a, 
you know, his he's kind of playing like a almost a, a a silly character in this one for the most part, but it's the the things that he's able to do um is just uh if you if you see any of his other movies. Um all three of them were actually in a movie um I'm not a big fan of it cuz it was a little too goofy, but uh uh, Jackie Chan, him, and Sammo were all in a movie called Meals on Wheels, or I think it was called Spartan X, also in Japan or something weird like that. Um, and this one, you know, this one, this movie has Sammo's fingerprints all over it with the with the kind of humor. And this is something else I've said before: is I have a very low threshold for Hong Kong slapstick comedy. Like it can get on my nerves super fast. Um, for some reason, this one doesn't get me. I think that the, the closest thing that gets me annoyed in this movie is the bad, ugly person makeup. <laughs> um, but they don't really focus on it too much. Um, yeah, it was once really Samo's, cheesy. Yeah, yeah. But once Samo's in the picture, I I was really, like, that was probably my favorite funny moment is when he's trying to demonstrate calligraphy to his daughter. Um it's really it's really dumb because he like stands on the wall and shit like <laughs> defies gravity. I love I I busted out laughing when he picks up the brush after spreading the ink and he licks the brush like he would a pencil and, and like and so as he's doing this whole thing he's got this big black shit, smudge on his mouth, mouth where yeah. he's just licked a paintbrush. Um and then the thing he ends up painting is hysterical. <laughs> um but uh uh, they, they, he, Samo, or it could be even, um, it could be even uh, uh, Lamb. I'm not sure who would be responsible for it, but a lot of the, there's a there's a really good use of slow mo in this movie. Um, the part you were talking about with the flaming uh, yeah. flag that uh, that that Lamb Qingying flips over. Um, some of the I, I I laughed when uh, Chang is getting his ass kicked backstage during a play, and he comes flying onto the stage in slow motion to like do a belly flop onto the stage. Um, but there's a, there's some really just really good standout fight moments in this. I really like this training stuff. Um, it starts off silly, but when uh, when when Lam and um, and Biao start actually training like seriously it was really fucking cool when they're up on the table and stuff uh and you know wing chun has always been a a an interesting martial art for me to watch it's just a it's such a different way than you normally see in these in these sorts of movies to do because there's not any i think in i think in wing chun kung fu there's only like one or two kicks even that fall above the waist yeah and it's all about like decreasing the space between you and your opponent so what it ends up looking like it's almost like a dance these they're trying to it like looks like they're trying to step on each other's feet and it's 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 just it's it's amazing for me to watch for whatever reason and there's it's just the part where they're training on the table i thought was really good and the stuff with sammo uh ultimately training him too i thought was really good looking too and and sammo's just kind of funny and you know he's chubby and everything <laughs> but he knows it and and but his he you know his agility to be the the big guy he is has always been oh, impressive yeah. to me um the i there's that uh, another another kind of standout fight i love when uh when i'm going to i keep saying his name but the character's name uh brother ty when the when the guys are pissed that they find out he's a uh 
a dude and when the way he embarrasses them with the face paint i thought was pretty funny <laughs> oh god yeah when he he's just like whipping their ass and painting the dude's face at the same time <laughs> yeah funny. um but uh yeah it's just this is a pretty classic movie in kung fu realm it 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 fits with me because it's a period piece i i'm always i've always been a fan more of the of feudal china um kung fu films as opposed to modern setting um the comedy works for me here for whatever reason um and uh <laughs> oh another another part another joke that i forgot to mention with the girl when she when she yells uh after she hears um chang talking about the chicken and she yells father someone wants to do me and his <laughs> response is like you just see Samo do this slow motion like dive through crashing through a bamboo window <laughs> to come and like save the day um but i don't know it's just it's it's just it's a fun movie and really good uh really good action so i like it quite a bit it's been it's been a uh, a favorite of mine for quite a while, uh, favorite kung fu movie of mine for a long time i've seen it kung quite fu. a few times yeah. What did you, what would you rate it? Oh, I give it a seven point seven point five. I thought nice. that the some of the slapstick stuff, like I said, there at the beginning, it was really. I was like, okay, this is fucking. <laughs> but then once you get rolling and get it, get into it, it's it's uh, pretty good. Yeah, um, I give it a. I give it an eight point two five. Um, I, I just I, I really like it a lot. It's you know the 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 comedy for me does always bring it down. If they could do this sort of movie, and I mean if there was just like just a little bit less, I think I could have liked it even more. Um, I'll have to show you another kind of from the same era. Uh, you'll have to watch uh, Magnificent Butcher next. I think you might like that one too if you like this one. But um, it's 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 for for especially for non Shaw. Kung Fu. This is, this is uh, up there. This is one of the better ones. So, awesome. You know what? I'd give it an eight point five. I like it quite a bit. I, I probably even like it more than eight point two five. We'll go up another quarter point. Eight point five. Um, awesome. Why don't we take a break mm-hmm. and come back and talk about another incredible action movie, Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. Son, it's time we have a talk. About what, Dad? Well, son, pretty soon you'll want to look at naked girls. Some movies have lots of naked girls and things that make you feel strange. Mm, like Sasha Gray videos? <laughs> oh, you've got to start off slow, son. Save the triple penetration gangbangs for when you get old and miserable. Savor the sight of bare breasts from a bygone era before they were a Google away. Supper time, you two. And remember, no incestuous roughies or rapey pink films until after dinner. (laughs) (laughs) The Trashy Trio, covering Euro sleaze, Japanese pink films, American roughies, or any other sorted entertainment that comes their way. The Trashy Trio, a podcast to listen to while alone, with headphones on. Probably in your closet. Under some covers. Pick up on the bag and start loving 
All right. Foster Silvers. That was David's choice. I've never heard that song. I don't know what it is. Misdemeanor. Maybe that's the name of the song. I don't even fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Zom, would you care to synopsize? When eccentric... (laughs) (laughs) When eccentric bad child, Pee-wee Herman, gets his beloved bike stolen in a broad daylight, he sets out across U.S., for the adventure of his life. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I do tried. the TV voice. It's, that was a noble, noble choice, yeah. noble, noble attempt. I, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> he doesn't quite go across the U.S. He goes across like three states, but whatever. Oh. Um, this is directed by uh, Tim Burton. Now, this is uh, this is the the movie. Uh, or the the th- the the thing that kind of launched the Pee Wee Herman character into the stratosphere, I guess, and the the show saw, followed soon soon after, and um, then poor Paul Rubens had to uh, live as this character for ten years of his life, and I don't blame him for <laughs> for fucking abandoning that. Jesus Christ! Um, I don't know. So yes, yeah, so as I said, you don't kill the that? golden goose. Well, he yeah, he, he, you know he probably still gets money like crazy for it, though. Oh, well, he's still doing the pee- he's back to doing the Pee Wee thing, though. Yeah, he should. He still looks good. So this stars uh, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, um, Elizabeth Daly, <laughs> second appearance for her on the show, yeah. and um, yeah, some other people that kind of come in and out there, um, and uh, Mark Holton, who uh, plays the spoiled child of this movie. Francis Buxton. <laughs> Francis. Uh, <laughs> Francis. <laughs> he was jerk. also um, <laughs> one of uh, Michael J. Fox's friends in Teen Wolf. His other uh. standout moment for me of <laughs> my childhood. But um, now this is one of those movies, just like just like Gremlins. I'm, I'm, I was putting it out there. It's a movie I grew up with, and I was afraid. But I think you had seen this one yeah. before. I, I I was afraid that uh, that Zom was gonna. I had that moment in the middle of this week. Oh God, Zom's gonna shit on another one that I grew up with. <laughs> you know, and he might still. But this movie, this one's this is one of those movies for me that I'd I've seen so much, and it was such a. I I, I literally like it. it was. We didn't have a ton of videotapes growing up. This is one we probably watched once a week at times over the summer, especially. Um, so there's parts of this movie, you know, geez, almost 30 years later that I can still almost recite with because I've seen it so much, especially the beginning. Um, so anyway, you have man child, uh, <laughs> Pee Wee Herman. Now, uh, I got to say right off the bat, I really want Pee Wee Herman's house um, it's <laughs> not quite as. What's that? I thought the same thing. God, it's so good. Now his house is not as nuts as it is in Pee Wee's Playhouse, where he acts, where he has talking furniture and uh, you know claymation friends and stuff like that, and Lawrence Fishburne coming over in a cowboy uniform outfit. But, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but he lives in this like I mean. Especially when I was a kid, I just wanted all this shit. He had, you know, he's got these laser guns and and uh, uh, you know cowboy sheets and um, 
Godzilla toys everywhere, which I love, which I thought was pretty cool. And I instantly thought of you laughing at me when it shows the end of his bed, and he has about eighteen pairs of his white shoes all lined up <laughs> at the base of his bed, at the foot I of his never bed. Laugh so. at you. <laughs> um. So you you heard me play the play the song at the beginning, um, the the famous breakfast breakfast machine song. Um, the breakfast and this, machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the breakfast sheet is really stupid, but <laughs> I've, it's always been really cool. So you know, it's it's kind of a kind of sets the tone for this movie when when Pee Wee wakes up, he um, goes downstairs. Well, he goes down the fire pole uh, to the downstairs. He meets his he you meet his little dog Speck, which I've always been a fan of Speck, <laughs> the tiniest dog on earth that looks like they painted the spots on. Um, but. Uh, this 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 is when you get the first kind of real hint at Danny Elfman's music, and this is the beginning, I guess, of their working together, uh, Tim Burton, and because this is a pretty early Tim Burton movie, if not the first, it's definitely the first big one. Um, let's see, director, yeah, short, 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 short. Yeah, this is his first major release. Uh, I guess this is Danny Elfman and him didn't want work together until this point, and obviously Danny Elfman and uh, Danny Elfman's made quite a bit of money <laughs> off of uh, Tim Burton movies over the years. He's he was a former guy from Oingo Boingo, uh, made it big in the movie industry. But um, you know, he did the he uh, Elfman's known for the well, he did the Simpsons theme that everybody knows mm-hmm. the. Uh, he did this. He scored the Batman movie that was so huge. So, um, so anyway, the after Pee Wee, you know, he it, it's really silly. It's like the game Mousetrap. He sets a candle under a string, and that kind of sets it in motion, <laughs> so he can go to the bathroom. And um, you know, the string breaks. Blah 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 blah. And it's ultimately just to make pancake and eggs. Uh, you know, it never shows exactly how the thing gets reset because, you know, one pancake dumps out of this little golden goddess statue and uh, the, the little bucket seems to be empty at that point, but somehow the Abraham Lincoln statue continues to make pancake after pancake and somehow manages to stick dry, uh, completely cooked pancakes to the ceiling and still get them on the plate with fruit and bacon. <laughs> so anyway, but it's that kind of movie. It's just, it's, 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 it's absurdist. Um, but yeah, the the, the, the breakfast looked good until he poured Mr. T cereal. <laughs> yes, yeah, good. Uh, good morning, Peewee. Good morning, Mr. Breakfast. You know that whole thing. I love that. Can I have some Mr. Can I have some Mr. T cereal? <laughs> and he just dumps half a box of cereal on top of Mr. Breakfast's face, and then he eats a fucking piece of toast because he only weighs ninety eight pounds. <laughs> oh yeah, they show him weighing himself. He does weigh ninety eight pounds, and he, and he gets this funny. Uh, he has one of those um, uh, scales that gives you a fortune after you weigh yourself, and it says "Don't leave the house" or something like that. Um, Dude, you have one of those scales too, and it says that all the time. Yes, well, I just look at I just look in the mirror and say it to myself. Um, <laughs> Whatever you do, <laughs> don't go outside. But um, and I'm I'm almost certain I I was a uh, you know parents are probably a little better these days about uh, feeding their kids kind of healthier food. We were fucking we were fed some of the junkies cereal on Earth. And I'm pretty sure that this movie made me crave and beg for Mr. T cereal more than once. 
Um, I still remember Mr. T cereal. It was a bit, it, the the pieces were a little big. I never had um, Mr. T cereal. Yeah, it was just kind of one of those like puffed corn yeah. sweet cereals. Nothing really outstanding about it, other than Mr. T was on the box from the Mr. T cartoon. But like you know, it's like C three POs and all that kind of shit that came out. I remember Donkey Kong cereal, and I had to have that because it had uh, Donkey Kong stickers in it, and it, it was kind of like Captain Crunch. And um, for some reason, I was never a fan of Captain Crunch, and I didn't—I I didn't become a fan of that until I was an adult. So, but anyway, Man. so um, Pee Wee goes out, starting his day, turns on a sprinkler. Um, somehow he, I, I, you know, they never really say if he's actually an adult or a kid uh, because he hangs out with kids, and I mean, just like in the show. But he owns his own house. His parents are not there. Um, I don't know that he works, but somehow yeah, he, he affords all these cool. Yeah, he works at Apple. He was uh, his Apple shirt was on underneath his uh, gray, uh, two sizes too small suit. <laughs> but um, he goes out in the morning. He gets his bike, and it's this very reverent scene with this hidden compartment on the side of the house. That hidden the... compartment is pretty fucking sweet because that that little. <laughs> Uh, panel thing. When yeah, close it up. You couldn't even hardly see. You couldn't even see it unless you knew it was there. And he pulls a tree branch down, and the bushes raise. <laughs> and of of all the stuff of to cut m- money on, why just paint a picture of a spotlight behind the bike when it's <laughs> when it comes out of the bush? It was so cheap looking. But <laughs> you know, his his. I mean. This is going to sound ridiculous to say. Got to be one of the more legendary bikes in the history of cinema. I don't know that there are any, but this one is certainly a standout. You know, it's got a little bit of everything on these big compartments in the back, and and like uh, the the fishtails like the old fifties cars would have. It's you know it's bright red and white and has chrome on it. Uh, it's got a, a a lion little rubber lion face on the front, <laughs> and he's like brush 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 brush. He brushes his teeth with the finger. Yeah, <laughs> and it's still I'm still up to the point in this movie where I could still recite with it, so I know exactly what the noise he's gonna make when he brushes the teeth and everything. It's, it's ridiculous. Brush 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 brush, and then he growls at it. You know. Um, <laughs> so. He's walking the bike out. He's going going to run his daily errands, and this is when we meet Francis. And uh, Francis is he's this little fat fucker uh, that wears a a, a a coverall that has the his his um, FB uh, stitched initials on the on the on the chest. Uh, maybe that means fat bastard too. But um, it's it's Francis's birthday. And Francis uh, wants nothing more than him to buy Pee Wee's bike. He says, "My dad says I can have anything I want, and I want your bike." And and Pee Wee cracks up, rolls on the ground, and he says he's not going to sell his bike for a hundred billion million trillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a very grown up argument there on the corner of the street. Um, the uh, my brother and I used to rewind the part when. You know, Francis kind of says, you know, about how he's admired the bike and everything. And um, Pee Wee <laughs> says, I love that story. <laughs> and, and then walks off. We used to rewind that because we just loved when Pee Wee did that. I love that story. <laughs> yeah. um, he, 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 
rides through the park with his megaphone. I like how nobody even like glances up in the park at a grown man in a tiny suit singing into a, a megaphone. Um, we used to also uh, slow-mo and rewind the uh, part when he wrecks and flips over the handlebars. And one thing I remembered, which was really funny, because I told my brother I was watching it. Um, he's And this is something I noticed, because on Netflix, uh, you have a widescreen version of this. 99% of the times I've ever seen this movie, it was the full frame r- recorded cut off like Cinemax or HBO or whatever. Yeah. And um, when it was cropped like that, there's a part where he is pulling a chain out of his bike. And it's this impossibly long chain, so he can chain it up to this really creepy clown statue. But um, in the full frame cut of it, you could see the bottom of that compartment, and you could just see the fucking chain just being fed up through the bottom, like a hole in the bottom of the <laughs> the compartment. You know, uh, something meant to be cut cut out, and it wasn't. But my brother brought that up. He's like, "Do you remember that part with blah blah blah?" And I was like, <laughs> "That's exactly I remember that. <laughs> I didn't notice it this time." But um, he's going, you know, he's running his errands. He goes to the magic shop and he goes to uh, he goes to see Dottie at Chuck's, who is get uh, who has been putting the final touches on his awesome new horn for his bike. It's like a foghorn, the handheld foghorn. And Dottie, Dottie definitely has the hots for Pee Wee. She really wants to go to the drive in with him, even though he's only only has a bike. But I guess they're just going to ride their bikes together that we do see later on. But um so I don't know if, if Dottie's supposed to be a kid or not also, but uh, even with the frizzy hair and all, I still find Elizabeth Daly quite <laughs> quite yeah. fetching. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's she's a cute one. I like her voice. Yeah, she's... she's, a, she's mm. um, and um, I don't know if you noticed it, but there's a, def- there's a dummy fall when Pee Wee f- comes back inside and uh, falls down on the bikes. It was, it was a dummy falling on the bikes because it looked all stiff. <laughs> but um, Pee Wee goes back out after getting his um, his magic supplies, his uh, fake his trick gum, and his boomerang bow tie, which I was very sad to see never made an appearance in the movie. Yeah. Um, but he goes out and the bike is missing. It is the chains have been cut. The bike is gone. He freaks out, runs back in, and um, he's panicking. So this is kind of the how the movie starts. Um. The 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 story really then follows him trying to track down um he goes to a psychic well first he 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 suspects Fra- he suspects Francis uh, I thought of you when he goes to his house one because Toro Tanaka answers the door <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and two because I think you would probably fall in love with Francis's bathtub that was pretty sweet, especially with it's the like a goddamn and... yeah swimming pool in his house, and it's got a it's got a, a like sailboats and shit in it. And uh, I always loved when Pee Wee like dives headfirst into it, and they start wrestling in the water, and Toro Tanaka even makes a dive into it. Um, and the, and the guy that plays Francis, he is not afraid to show his like gross doughy body. <laughs> he was just gross uh. all over. Yeah, he was he was not he's not an attractive man. Um he probably still isn't, but he you know, he's put his shirt back on as he got older, I guess. But, um but this movie is it's just full of these kind of r- just these ridiculous characters. Some of them just are there briefly. Like even something as simple as Chuck, like why have the owner of this bike store, his name is Chuck, but he sounds Jamaican, which is kind of bizarre to me. 
Um, the magic guy is kind of a creep. I love when they're when Pee Wee's having the meeting and uh, kind of like getting the whole neighborhood to canvas for his bike. And this guy in this this crazy multicolored mohawk is whispering and Pee Wee stops and says, like, is there something you'd like to share with the rest of with, with, uh, with the rest of us? Amazing Larry. Amazing Larry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no background at all, but there's a guy named Amazing Larry with a mohawk. So, um, <laughs> so it, it just gets silly. You know, he's wandering around in the rain. He sees a psychic. She tells him that his bike's in the basement of the Alamo. It's a total scam. She's stolen his wallet. And it's just this adventure. You know, he comes across this, uh, this escaped con who's uh, who is had been put in prison. He's escaped from prison. He'd been put in prison for uh, cutting the tag off of a mattress because he yeah. got pissed at looking at it. Um, you got uh, Simone, who is uh, the the she works at a truck stop that for whatever reason has dinosaurs outside, and her her uh, another pro wrestler in it. Yeah. Her boyfriend Andy was a wrestler in uh, AWA, um, who also died young. His name was like his name was Andy in the movie. I don't remember his name in real life. I posted a picture of him the other day. But um, there's the there's the hobo that won't stop singing. Oh, uh, we, lo- we we love our we love our goddamn bows on this show. I guess <laughs> Pee-wee just gets fucking so uh, annoyed that he just throws himself off. The- <laughs> I love that part. Jimmy got corn. God, I don't care. And people just like ah, just screw, just jumps headfirst oh. off the train. Um, That's just bad luck. I, uh, you know, there's the 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 famous uh, Alamo scene where you know everybody says, "My brother and I used to laugh at this one old guy." Um, it might have been a, one of those things we were around too, but when. The lady now. What is that lady's name that played the tour guide? Because I I recognize Jan her Hooks. from like she was in what's that Saturday Night Live. Jan Hope. Yeah, she seemed like one of the Saturday Night Live people. I know I'd recognized her, but she kind of does these this really bad accented Spanish. And there's an old guy that keeps like crowding Pee Wee while he's just going along miserably in this tour because he just wants to see the basement because that's where he thinks his bike is. But there's this old guy that looks very enthusiastic about saying the Spanish words that we used. To- when he says Buenos Dias, we used to just crack up for whatever reason because he looked so happy. He's like Buenos Dias, um, but there's you know everybody thinks he's ridiculous for eh, the Alamo doesn't have a basement, you dumbass. <laughs> um, Can we see the basement? <laughs> so um, he's gonna make his way back to uh, Los Angeles. Um, he you know you got the biker scene. I don't I don't want to spoil anything with the biker scene for anybody that hasn't seen this movie, but. The it's this is probably the legendary moment of it. It it totally <laughs> really it doesn't fit a lot of this movie, <laughs> but there's a really funny setup with it where he gets his shoes where he kind of walks over. He puts tequila on and like whispers in this busboy's ears, and all of a sudden the busboy like steps off and he's a foot shorter. And the you know the shoe the, the whole shoe thing. I totally forgot that Elvira was in this. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, because she, she doesn't have her wig on. She just she's a redhead. Um, Still see her tits though, well, and she's like, "I see- say you let me have them first. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, did you see Tom Berenger? Uh, no. They said he was when um, the large Marge thing. Mm-hmm. When he comes in, he says, "Hey, l- uh, large Marge sent me," and everybody <laughs> fucking turns and looks. One of them's Tom Berenger. I totally missed that. I did too. I never. I just read it in the thingy. 
Um, I'm trying to see if there's any other names I might have missed in it. I don't see any more. I'm wonder, I wonder if Mon, I wonder if Monty Monty Landis is related to John Landis Deep at all. In the heart of Texas. That made me think of Dave Mack. I wanted to. I wonder if he can go outside and sing that, and everybody will clap and sing back. Yeah, I don't. I don't recognize. What do you remember? Anymore. The Alamo. They're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh wait, yeah. What did he say? I re- he was unconscious, and he went. Can't you remember to- anything? He's like, I remember the Alamo, and everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jason Hervey's hair is so goddamn awful in this movie. Uh, um, you know, Pee Wee ends up at the Warner Brothers Studios, and they are filming some of the hokiest looking shit on earth at Warner Brothers this day. <laughs> this nun movie, um, the Santa Claus movie that just looks awful. We ultimately get Godzilla and Santa Claus and on a sleigh Gatora. being pulled by a motorboat on wheels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I you know, it's it's just a silly. I mean, it's it's a safe, a kids safe movie, but it's still. I mean, you know, I'm fucking almost forty, and I'm I'm still laughing at it. It's I mean, and I I kind of wonder with this. It's one of those things. Like I I wonder if it has nostalgia or if it's actually a good movie anymore. I don't know. I've seen it so much. It's almost I can't even give it a fair. Shake, yeah. Uh, critically speaking, anymore. But what did, what did you think of it? I I sit there. And it's funny because like the whole time I was watching it, I would be like, <laughs> just saying to myself, just like laughing, and I'd be like, that fucking goddamn moron. <laughs> what a fuck, you know. But it it but it's funnier than hell. But you're still like, well, Jesus Christ, look at that goddamn dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> but. Just watching it, I mean, it is one of those things that everything's so absurd that you just yeah. kind of fall into his little world. It's very creative. It's, oh, it's, yeah. I mean, you have to I admire mean, that. Twisted Sister makes an appearance. I thought oh, I, I always liked that. Um, <laughs> D. Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> and he still had his giant hair at this oh, time, yeah. too. But um, It's just a, it's, it's, it's a very creative movie. I mean, there's there's not much like it out there. Um and if you can if you can buy into the world of Pee-wee, I need to watch Big Top Pee-wee again because as many times as I've seen this, I think I've only seen that movie one time. Well, anyway, I, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Even though you could show this to a kid, mm-hmm. but it's done in such a way that an adult can enjoy it too. You know how like some kid stuff is so bad and so insulting. Yeah. But he's just such a goddamn dipshit. <laughs> and such a fucking weirdo, <laughs> and he never breaks character or anything. No, and just like when he's brushing his teeth, his fucking toothbrush, <laughs> his, his toothbrush is the size of my forearm. It's real big. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> he loves teeth. He loves like the dinosaurs' teeth and stuff. He'll be like, you know, you see these big dinosaurs, and that was real. The t- the big dinosaur thing. I guess that was real. It's I can't remember where they said it was at. Um, it's got to be. In, I think this whole thing looks like California. Yeah, but it's it's like anything that's uh, cheap and cheesy shit, like a uh, the world's biggest ball of twine, or some place yeah, that has yeah. giant dinosaurs, or like the magic store that has all the 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 cheap crappy stuff. He had all. Oh, they already got that, you know, and. Um, Box for Pee Wee. Fucking gum. 
He, now, what was the one? I know the one gum. Of the course, hot and spicy gum was the oh, one. Oh, that was that the hot and spicy gum. Francis's dad, and then the the other one with the ooze that came it made out the of fucking his mouth. Guy's teeth turned black and shit. That was so gross. <laughs> um, but Francis deserved what he got. But you know, even as much as Francis was a fucking uh, obnoxious dick, he never it, it never went full blown. It's like. I, when you watch adult movies, like or not not like porno movies, but like yeah, yeah, adult yeah, yeah, yeah. movies for made for adults, it's like when the guy picked him up uh, hitchhiking, which was funny because he's standing there and he puts that big thumb on his thumb, <laughs> and then when he gets picked up, well, I like when he was he he eventually just ended up laying on the fucking road halfway out in the fucking road, <laughs> taking a nap, and um, the guy stops and picks him up, and the first thing I thought was, oh Jesus Christ, this guy's gonna try and fuck Pee Wee, you know. <laughs> And then also when Pee Wee dressed like a woman and that fucking cop, see, that was kind of adult stuff. The cop's like, I yeah. just want to check you out. <laughs> and all they did was see if I could put like a goatee on the other guy. Pee Wee dressed <laughs> like a fucking woman. Want to take a picture to last longer. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, the, the they took, they took a lot of classic, movie stuff like the biker bar uh you know the hitchhiker thing anything like that um and i did not that's the one thing about elvira like you'd see her at like horror hound and you see her dressed like elvira and then she'd go walking by later and not have anything on and you know with the exception of the only reason i'd notice her she got this big fucking tits you know she's yeah. built like a fucking brick shit house um because i forgot that was her too and then i read it and i was like oh shit you know um but I love the bike. All the little intricate things that they did, uh, like, and not only that, but like when he slid down the pole, he slid down the pole in his pajamas, and when he came down at the bottom, <laughs> he had his clothes on. That was kind of funny. Um, the the dog Speck. I love the dog, but mm -hmm. anytime I hear the name Speck, I think of Richard Speck, the fucking weirdo that that uh, murdered all these nurses out in california or wherever the hell it was oh, God. so like Ugh, you know but anyway speck was still cute and funny um one scene that i really fucking loved was when the pet store was burning down and every time he'd walk by the snake fucking thing, <laughs> he'd be like, and he did that like 10 times and then finally he got everything out with the snakes and he came out and was like it always it always bugged my brother and I that he never even tried to save the fish. Uh, no, he did take some of the fish out. I know, but there were so many. Because he said something about it. He goes, there's still some fish in there, he told the fireman. Oh, okay. So, okay. But they're in water, you know, so anyway. Yeah, they're probably fine. They're probably fine. Um, but it's just, know, it's just I don't enjoyable. know what kind of pet store sells chimpanzees either. <laughs> <laughs> chimpanzee would probably rip your nuts off. And <laughs> um. But it's fun. It's funny. It's it's one that you know. It's it's definitely fun to revisit, and it's it would be fun to watch with other people. Mm -hmm. You know, if you had other people to watch. <laughs> 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 so I enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's you know, it's there's nothing else like it. I don't think it's a it it lives in a very campy world. You know, when you said you know the world's largest ball of twine and. You know, you know, or like the that legendary motel, the TP motel, yeah. or whatever those are. Anything like it's that. like, it's like, uh, uh, you know, Tim Burton, Paul Rubens, and I think Phil Hartman actually wrote this too. Part he was wrote, in it. Oh, was it? Because I know he was in Pee Wee's Playhouse. What, he, where, where was he in? Uh, he's the one, the guy that was. I think he was the guy that was interviewing Francis and his dad at the drive-in. Oh, I think. Um, 
he um you know it's like they just take that that look that 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 feel and just make it into this entire world and it's it's yeah it's a very unique very uh, original type thing oh and morgan fairchild is in it briefly oh yeah oh and brolin oh yeah that was james brolin (laughs) holy shit that was pw herman pw paging mr herman morgan fairchild is one of these ones that she had that it's she was like early eighties, but she definitely had that, you know, the big, um, like Farrah Fawcett kind of hair, mm-hmm. always kind of had a bitchy kind of, you could kind of figure she'd probably be like a blue blood, you know, kind of think she was better than everybody else. And then she got this, she was flat chested. Then she got this chit job and she was <laughs> in that movie with, um, where, um, I'm I'm eating a pitted date, uh, where mm. Andrew Stevens was stalking her, and and you know she, I think she was on like Falcon Crest or something, and she always wore like these gowns and stuff, but she was almost flat chested. Then she made that movie with Andrew Stevens, and they showed a scene where she was fucking getting dressed, and all of a sudden she had these big pointy fucking fake titties, and it was like, <laughs> ooh, we're off to the races. And Brolin's hair almost looked like a Burt Reynolds wig. I know it looked bad. The X one is the bike in the movie. Um, It's like a Honda fucking Goldwing or something. If I had to rate this movie, I mean, if you had to, what would you give it? You know, this movie is about a seven point five. Oh, I'm serious. Like it's, you know, what? If if anything, it drags with the Texas stuff for me. (laughs) Um. The middle of the movie, it has a what is it the 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 flabby the flabby middle, yeah. Um, but on a ninety eight pound weakling, yeah. But I mean, I this movie's irreplaceable for me. I will always love it. Um, is it on Blu Ray? I think it is because I posted a picture of it. Yeah, it is. The Blu Ray. Um, I don't know that it needs to be, but it would look it good is. though because it's got a lot of colorful stuff. Mm-hmm. In it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um. But I mean, if you you know if you're not if you're not versed in Pee Wee, definitely check this out. Watch the watch the kids show that he did because it was pretty creative too. I mean, it get it can get a little repetitive, like when I had the flu and I watched about eighteen in a row. But is it on Netflix? It is. Oh, um, so is Big Top Pee Wee. I'm gonna fucking but, have um, diarrhea. Uh, maybe I've, you know I've what? About ten of these dates in a row. Oh God! Mm. At least you don't. At least you don't have to work. Lots of fun. Um, I got a poop but right You know now. what? I'm going to raise it up to. I'm going to raise it up to an eight. Yeah, um, it's a fucking movie. It looked bad if you rated it lower than me. Yeah, I. I but I, I know it's. I. You know, I think I gave Gremlin. Gremlins a much higher score, but I've always liked Gremlins more than this. Uh, like I said, I know. But the the. No, I just farted. Oh, the slow the slowness of the Texas stuff takes it down for me. But I still, Gremlins. I still have a very strong spot for this movie. So, what did you? What would you rate it? Uh, I'll see. I'll give it an 8.5. I just love the creativity of it. And it's just fucking funny. I mean, it just makes me laugh. I don't, and I can't, I can't really figure out why. (laughs) It's a bizarre movie. I was in, not, not in, I wasn't saying like dumbass in an insulting way, but I was just like, (laughs) fucking moron. Or look at that goddamn fucking idiot, you know, but it's just funny. Yeah. It's, it's a classic. So he's not an idiot. It's just no. fun. It's just fun. It's, it, it's this this because you know this just sky. This is uh, you know 
put Tim Burton on the map, definitely. And it's a modern masterpiece. I mean, shit. Four, three years later, Tim Burton made one of the giant, the biggest movies of all time. So, this definitely put him on the map. What was that? Batman. Oh yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that. Pee Wee was not in that one. <laughs> he could have played the Joker. That would have been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. So at 8 and 8.5, that is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Let's take a break, and we'll come back and do some feed sack and wrap things up. Okay. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Kenny B. This is Tom KW. And we are two of the hosts from the Podcast on Fire Network. You want Asian cinema in a podcast? Well, we got the solution for you. Because at the Podcast on Fire Network, there's seven plus shows for you to choose from. You want Hong Kong action cinema and audio commentaries? We got that. You want dirty Hong Kong cinema? We got that. You want the eternal question, what's Korean cinema answer? We'll answer that. The flagship show Podcast on Fire covers classic Hong Kong cinema. Everything from Bruce Lee to Jackie Chan, John Woo and Jet Li. Featuring in-depth discussions with an aura of fun. This is your primary stop in the podcast world for classic Hong Kong cinema. So join me, Kenny B and Tom KW and a cast of thousands at podcastonfire.com. Also available on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio and Come chat with us on the Podcast on Fire Network Facebook group and on Twitter at Podcast on Fire. Podcast on Fire Network. It's Asian cinema in a podcast. Keeping it classy. Uh, that was uh, Zach's musical choice tonight. Um, all right, time for feed sack. I think we're gonna we're trying to get him on the show next week. So. Um, let's see. We got a couple emails, and we got one familiar voice. So I will read the emails first. Let me pause the music, and <clears throat> the first one is from. Jay, he says, lick my feed sack. Hey, Loaf and Zom, glad to listen to a show hosted by people more miserable than myself. Lope, uh, Loaf, hope Lope. things look up for you. And Zom, <laughs> uh, hope, Lope, hope you get your ass licked by more late night internet hookups. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, this trailer made me think of Silva and Gold for the Messenger of God. I don't know if you've seen that yet. It's this insane looking Hindi movie that had got trouble getting released due to rating stuff but um he said maybe you could review it the film board in india refused to let it be released supposedly this guy that it's based on had 400 of his male followers castrated so they could wouldn't be dipping into his pool of poontang uh a few questions who is your favorite german goo girl or your favorite german goo girl video Mm. um well yeah I've, I honestly, I've never even watched a German Google. Oh, video. you'd hate it. Like you would vomit if them. you watched them. I'm uh, telling I'm sure. you, yeah, it's, I'm sure it's that bad. 
Um, there's this one chick, and I cannot remember. I don't know. I think I read what her name was at one time, but I don't know what it is now. Um, and she was on, like, the, the early ones, and she kind of had, like, Betty Page bangs, but she looked like she had her eyebrows shaved off. <laughs> And she was really weird looking, and I and she seemed like she was almost like she was crazy, like there was something wrong with her. And I liked her. <laughs> like maybe they went and just got her out of a mental hospital. And uh, yeah, she was good. She had a lot of uh, what do you call it? Uh, gravitas. Enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. Gravitas. Yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying. Uh, all right. He said, if people draw pictures of my imaginary friend, what recourse do I have? Should I follow the Pope's example of violence? You remember our discussion about imaginary friends last week? Uh, Yeah, that's, uh, you know, let people draw pictures of your imaginary friend. It's all right. It's not going to hurt you. You can continue to go swing in the park. If you feel like you have to kill somebody... Uh, because they make a joke about your imaginary friend, then you're you must be pretty insecure about uh, your beliefs. Because I think that's pretty yeah, fucking fucking tweedle dicks over there. Yeah, dipshits. Ugh. Um. Besides, it's a wonderful life. What other films does Zom give a two? Zombie, The Beyond, Rape, The Thirteenth Hour. That one might have been one actually. No, was it Rape the 13th Hour, or was it uh, Gremlins? It said, sorry, Zom, but I love when you hate a movie. Uh, thanks for the show. Glad to be among your Elite 13 listeners. Yeah. Um, so I pulled up a list. I don't have a complete... I only have about half our shows marked down right now. I have them somewhere. A few movies that Zom gave less than a three to. Assault Jack the Ripper. That's the one we did with Rape 13. Yeah, that one That one you gave a 2.25. I didn't like that one at all. And Yuri gave it a 6.5. I gave it a 6.25. Something called Firepower that you gave a 2, and I gave gave a 7.25. I think that's the one that had the Ultimate Warrior in it. Um, <laughs> fucking fire! Uh, Hobo with a shotgun. The the <sighs> first the first two ever. No, you did give in episode two. You gave Final Justice uh, three. What was that? <laughs> that's the that's hobo hobo. Oh no, not hobo with shotgun. Um, Final Justice is the one with um. What the fuck is his name? You like him a lot too, Jodon Baker. Um, Jodon Baker. I gave that a three. Yeah. You, you gave it a two. Oh, you gave it, yeah, you gave it a three. Huh. But that was only our second episode, so maybe yeah, we're still trying. To I might not have worked um, out what. Uh, let's see, the movie Good Bad is. I like the movie Dudes that uh-huh. we both hated. You gave a one point five. That fucking deserved a zero. <laughs> Ready to Rumble. Ready to Rumble, you gave a 1.25. David Arquette. Yeah. <laughs> New Gladiators, the Lucio Fulci movie, you gave a 1. <laughs> Showgirls, you gave a 1. Two. Fear, you gave a 1. Two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just a hate fucking Mark <laughs> That was the worst show for you. Asshole. Episode 32 was your worst show. You gave a cumulative 2 to two different <laughs> two movies. Nice. 
So there you go. There's a few movies that Zom hated. There's a few of them. There's, There's some, some more threes. Hollywood Copy gave a three too. Yeah. yeah. You guys always try and find the 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 good. The choir boys. That's a two. Shit. And sometimes shit is just shit. <laughs> you know, you gotta call them like you see them. <laughs> All right. Next uh, next feed sack here is from Alan. Um, Godag Zom Ogloof. I've been marathoning a month's worth of Silva and Gold, and somewhere in there, I forgot all the clever things I wanted to write. That's okay. I forget all the clever things I want to say every single show. Um, I guess I should just end this and say, thanks for the hours of great entertainment. But I can't. Not that you haven't been entertaining, but I need to complain. I was expecting to get the definitive answer to if I should give It's a Wonderful Life a chance next Yuletide. But no, Zom brings the hate. Now I don't know what to do. Should I just watch Gremlins instead? <laughs> I'd w- I would watch Gremlins uh, thank you before for i watch that fucking long-ass fucking turd again. Ah, hurts my heart. Uh, I thank you for your guidance, and I'll end with another question. Um, since I asked them Cult of Muscle Guys, who should play you guys in uh, The Silva and Gold, the movie... I'll give you a chance to retaliate. Who would you want to see starring in the Cult of Muscle, in Cult of Muscle, the movie? Over and out, Alan. Um, well, if it was a fictional character, uh, Solomon <laughs> Grundy would play Jake. But if he had to pick a real person, it would be Vincent D'Onofrio dressed like Solomon Grundy playing Jake. <laughs> And CDR. Would <laughs> I guess to go with Wiley Wiggins. Wiley Wiggins. Oh yeah, Wiley Wiggins would be good too. I mean, but you know, he's he's got a big beard now, and he's like more. Uh, he's not as much Wiley Wiggins now as he is. Doesn't Jake have a beard too? No, that's what I'm talking about. You get Wiley Wiggins to play CDR. Oh. Who? No, 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 Jake. Yeah. Nah, I think Jake's grown out of what the Wiley Wiggins thing. Oh. But I would get Jason Priestley um, to play CDR. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe Luke, uh, Luke Perry, but I think Jason Priestley. Um, let me see. Who else could be? Chomp. Jason Priestley is a good one. Um. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I, I don't know if I could get that one, or beat that one. If the Corys were still alive, that would be an interesting Cult of Muscle episode. We'll just do Corey Held, Corey Haim, and Corey Feldman. <laughs> I don't know who's who. We though. did a Corey fucking uh, Haim movie, and I probably rated that a two. That's high school one. Ugh. We did a Corey Haim movie. Wasn't that the one? Oh right, yeah, like yeah. Death or uh, Bruce Willis in high school. Yeah, it was like it was the not quite. Yeah, the not quite Die Hard uh, episode. <sighs> not quite good. Um. Fuck. <laughs> 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 All right. Turd. Sorry about for my shitty answers there. Okay. Let's see. We have one <laughs> voicemail here. Okay. Here we go. Let's learn something. Hey, there you go. Or not. 
I've been pretty busy the past few weeks assisting the president of our country. Yeah, that's right, you know. Catch your minds back, right? Right, just before the fucking Christmas festival, there was a lot of fucking shit kicking off about this movie called the fucking interview, you know? That was a lot of shit about all these fucking commies from fucking Korea fucking <laughs> not liking this movie because they made them look fucking stupid or some shit, you know? And so, you know, they had to get in somebody with some expertise in the fucking fight against communism, you know? So he looked to me, the man who single-handedly won the Cold War. Through movies, yeah, that's right, you know? Catch him by his back. Rambo fucking two, Rambo three. I took all the copies. I won that fucking Cold War. Rocky four, on Christmas Day, <laughs> I fucking beat communism down to its knees, yeah. you know? <laughs> so whatever there's a, so, some kind of communism-based crisis around Christmas, who else would they ask to assist them, you know? Especially when it's fucking... Contains movies, you know? Now, I don't watch this movie. I see bits of it. I don't know what the fucking fuss is about, you know? Why would they be afraid of these two fucking guys? You know, it's a fucking comedy movie, you know? It's nothing like my movies, you know, where there's a big muscular guy with fucking lots of guns and fucking skills and all that shit to fucking take on communists <laughs> and single-handedly and win the cold fucking war, you know? So, yeah. That's what I've been doing. It turns out it all blew over in the end. Probably because they got wind that I was fucking being involved. You know? They fucking knew. They seen the fucking Rocky and the Rambo movies, you know? So, yeah. Just wanted to, you know, let you guys know. I not forgot about it, you know? So, yeah. Keep up the good work, you know? Keep fighting a good fight. Watch out, you know? You never know when the Cold War is coming again. But when it does... I'm still around, you know. Fucking before things start to kick off, remind yourselves, watch those fucking movies. That was it. And yeah, you'll see it in soon finishes, you know? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> we haven't heard from Sly in a while. Do you think do you think Seth Rogen could play CDR? <laughs> I think Seth Rogen might be CDR. Maybe. <clears throat> Maybe not. He's more like a yeah. James Franco. That would be Frank, James Franco, and Seth Rogen would be good for CDR and Jake if Seth Rogen was dressed like Solomon Grundy. <laughs> All righty. That is Zishu. Um, you can always send us Feedsack to 206-339-1600 or Silva Gold Podcast. At gmail.com. Find, us, uh, find our show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and our website at silvaandgold.com. And uh, join our Facebook group or leave our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash silvaandgold. So we don't have any, uh, we don't have any music, or music, Jesus, m- movies on the, on the slate for next week because we are going to do a show of our favorite first time watches of last year of 2014 so 
not necessarily movies that were released in 2014, just movies that we saw for the first time in 2014. And the way I do my list usually will be to exclude brand new movies. So anything 2013 and prior is what I will focus on. But um, we're going to try to get some guests on the show and uh, make it kind of a roundtable thing. So not sure yet if we're going to do top 10 or top 20. It just depends on time frame and uh, how many people become involved. Because if we try to do like 30 and there's five people, we'll be talking for eight goddamn hours. Yeah, I ain't going to happen. All right, so that's going to happen next time. Um, I don't have anything else. Zom, how about you? I don't have nothing. Don't have nothing. Well, until next week then, this is a loaf. Oot. Oot. Bye. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <Terrible. laughs>